Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. Today is going to be a bad day for the devil and the kingdom of hell because, you know, the Bible says in Acts chapter uh, 20, I believe it is, that when Jesus appeared to Paul, he didn't just say, go and preach and, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Just trust that I'm working. No, the Bible says when Paul was commissioned to the ministry, he was given specific instructions as to what that ministry was to do. Thank you, uh, Madden Kanisha. Hey, Tyler. Good day. Good day to you too, sir. Lisette J from Peoria. Awesome. He was given specific instructions that of what the ministry was going to do. And the Bible says, Jesus told them, I'm calling you now to turn people away from the power of darkness into light, to turn people away from the power of Satan to the power of God, to grant them remission of sins and an inheritance amongst those that are sanctified by faith in me. So that tells you something. That God, the gospel, is not just a feel-good message to get you through life. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Acts chapter 8, Philip went down to the city of Samaria. As he preached, the power of God was made manifest, and those that were taken with palsy, those that were paralytics and epileptics, were supernaturally healed by the power of God. And the Bible says in verse uh, verse 8, I believe it is, Acts chapter 8, verse 8, there was great joy in the city of Samaria. The gospel is what is needed, it is the key ingredient in turning depression and sorrow into joy inexpressible and full of glory. And that's what's going to solve the issues of this world. It's not going to be a, a, the new government coming in. It's not going to be a new, uh, you know, Democrat or Republican. It's not going to be, if you live in Canada, conservatives or liberals. The Bible says that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray, and get to work in getting this message propagated throughout the whole, whole region where they're in, then God said, I will hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. And I believe God is raising up a generation of believers who are not satisfied with status quo Christianity, who are not satisfied with just going to church, checking in on Sunday morning, and then living, you know, like the rest of the world, Sunday through Sunday, and then Sunday morning, there's that two-hour gap that we give God, and then the rest of the week is just, you know, haywire God God is raising up an army on the earth today that have the anointing of God not only not only in their heart not only believe God in their heart not only have the anointing when they're in a service where they shake and fall to the ground but when they get back up carry that anointing into the respective school places into the respective workplaces into wherever you go that just like Joshua God told him everywhere you go and every place on which the sole of your foot tread, treads on that will be land that I have given unto you God said that he is not coming back for a 
pitiable church. God said he's not coming back for a church that has been suppressed and oppressed. God said he's not coming back for a church that is stained and dirty. God said I'm coming back for a bride that has no spot and has no wrinkle. A bride that is occupying on earth. A bride that is commanding dominion in the place that they're they're situated in. Before he comes, God said I'm going to raise up an army that'll bulldoze the kingdom of hell establish one more move of God bring in one last final harvest before it's eternally too late and God is calling you to be a part of it God is calling you to be a part of it and God's going to put an anointing on you today an, a necessary anointing a required anointing in this generation when we have a people on the earth that more than any other generation is hooked to antidepressants, hooked to anti-anxiety medication. Just, you know, I was reading a stat, I saved it on my phone, of what's been going on during this COVID outbreak. And it's it's ridiculous. These are these are um, produced, these are stats produced by the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. And uh, the mental health issues and suicide during lockdowns, lockdowns has sharply increased. Get this. 40.9%. You wonder why I'm, I'm doing this broadcast on breaking free from anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and depression. It's because the, there are people on Facebook who don't need to hear another message on how to restore a lost relationship, how to, you know, seven keys to a cleaner kitchen. There are people who are, who, who have a gun right to their head people that are literally a step away from suicide and unless they hear this gospel this good news of great joy uh, the devil will get the, his way in their life there was a lady when i was doing a broadcast with a friend isaiah uh, like a month ago there was a lady who literally was on her patio ready to jump off and kill herself and for some odd reason she decided to pick up her phone before she did it and she saw the notification that we had gone live so she clicks on it and she starts to listen as we preach and the power of God hit her right where she was at and not only did God deliver from that moment of, of thinking a suicidal thought but God delivered her supernaturally so that months late, two months later a month later whatever it is now she's still not having any more suicidal thoughts supernaturally joyful now as a result of the power of God working on her behalf that's what the anointing of the Holy Spirit does the spirit of the Lord God is upon me Isaiah 61 to, to what to preach the good news to the poor to the poor in spirit to the poor in joy to the poor in peace to tell them the bible says to tell them that they have release now from the captivity that they've been held in to give them release from the oppression that they've been held by to tell them that their prison doors have been open to give them what there's an exchange that goes on when you come to Christ. When you come to Christ, you have ashes. When you deliver him to him your ashes, he instead of your ashes gives you his beauty. When you deliver to him your depression, your sorrow, your spirit of heaviness, God has something called the oil of joy. The oil that makes you supernaturally joyful in the presence of calamity, in the presence of things going on around you. They don't have any ability to influence, influence the joy that's in you that's what the oil of joy does it makes you supernaturally um supernaturally resistant to the things going on around you now no matter what the circumstances around you look like they can dictate the joy of the holy ghost on the on the inside 
on the inside of you. And that's the joy. That's the oil that's going to come on you from today onward in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, the devil doesn't want to just get you to not laugh. The devil's objective in your life is not just to get you to stop smiling. The devil's objective in your life is not just to get you to, to stop being happy around people. If the devil has it his way, it's what? To steal, John 10, 10. The thief cometh not, but to steal to kill and then to finally to destroy. Steal your joy. As a result, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. It'll kill your body. If you have no joy, that's why the devil will fight you harder on the joy aspect in your life than anything else. Because before he can successfully disarm you, before he can make you sick, before he can make you uh, defeated, before he can have victory over you in life, he has to first zap you of joy. Because a merry heart doeth good like medicine. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, he that has a... Con he that has a merry heart enjoys a continual feast. Joy allows you to feast on God's great goodness every single day of your life. Joy allows you to eat of a secret menu. You ever go to a restaurant? They even have this at McDonald's. They have a secret menu at McDonald's. You can ask them for things that aren't listed on the menu. You can go to other restaurants where they don't list, they don't list certain things on the menu, but if you've been to that restaurant long enough, you can actually ask for those things and uh, what everyone else doesn't get to enjoy, you get to enjoy. Well, that's what joy does. Joy brings you in and gives you access to the secret menu of God's word and allows you to partake of God's divine joy, God's divine peace, God's divine uh, 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 soup, uh, flow and river of his pleasures every day of your life. While the world seems to not know what's going on, totally confused, totally dismayed, totally discouraged, there's another river at work in you. A river which makes glad the city of God. And I tell you at the onset of this podcast, whatever the devil's done to you that has depleted that joy bank in your heart, today by the oil of the Holy Ghost, it gets refilled not to what it used to be, but to a joy that runneth over. Your cup from today shall run over in Jesus' name. Not only will you get a touch, but God will move you out of the domain of you receiving touches to now you being the agent of God wherever you go to bring the touch of God in your house and in your place in the in the places your feet go on in Jesus mighty name listen to these stats 40.9 if you just tuned in now please share these broadcasts and let's uh, let's get the numbers up so more people can hear what God has to say today 40.9 percent since the beginning of the lockdown have reported a mental or behavioral health issue so that's more anxiety, more stress, whatever. That's affected their behavior, affected their lifestyle, affected their, their well-being. 30.9% had anxiety or depression. So they never felt any of that. And 30.9% of people that they surveyed had experienced for the first time a level of anxiety or depression. 26 point, which you know, if that's left unchecked, the devil doesn't just visit. The devil comes to stay and to make, to make room in your life. The Bible, that's why the Bible says you're not to give a foothold. This lockdown has given the foothold to the devil in the lives of many people. And so these are, these are, this is not a Christian website. This is the CDC. 26.3% had experienced a level of trauma or stress. 
13.3% started or increased their substance abuse. So it's amazing. It's amazing. Now with Facebook Live, every church is getting on Facebook Live because of the lockdown. To see the topics of some pastors on a Sunday morning with all this going on. It's like they have their head in a basket just trying to ignore it. How could you preach a message like, you know, what was one that I saw? How, how, to build, how to build relationships in times of crisis. Like, who cares about that? How could you preach a message like that in a time where people are literally killing themselves in the streets, suicides, 10.7%, the final stat, 10.7% have considered suicide in the last 30 days. And you're going to get behind a pulpit, open your mouth in sincerity, and talk about, you know, why we believe uh, the Sea of Galilee was actually uh, the main area Jesus did miracles and why, why that was. You know, why we believe Mount Sinai is not actually where they think it is. That Mount Sinai was actually... There's people that preach that. They're so obsessed. There's some preachers. I love Israel and I'm a supporter of Israel. But there's some preachers in times like they're so obsessed with Israel that they're they're talking about like, you know, why we believe, you know, a sermon, why we believe that the uh, exile was actually not 400 years. It was actually 430 years. And as a result, and we're going to show you, we're going to take the next 45 minutes to discuss with you the um, context behind why we and the understanding behind why we believe that nobody cares. You have someone come in. In times like this, they've never experienced anxiety. Then that left unchecked, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. That left unchecked brought suicidal thoughts and tendencies, and they never know how to handle it. So they finally came to church because they've never felt these feelings, and they have to sit through one hour of why you believe Mount Sinai is not where they, um, the Orthodox uh, belief of where, where it actually is situated, that it's actually somewhere else. It's about 30 miles north. Who cares? This generation doesn't need, they don't care about how long Jesus' journey or how many miles he covered in his ministry. They want to hear about the God who performs the impossible, about the God who said, if you'll come to me and call on my name, there's no one who comes to the Lord that leaves disappointed. They looked unto me, God said, and they became radiant and their faces were no longer ashamed. That's why you'll never see me get on a broadcast and just discuss a few. No, I'm not here to discuss. God didn't put me on this earth to discuss things. God put me on this earth as an agent of deliverance to the people that are here in this generation to tell them that their struggle is not real. Their struggle is over. Jesus Christ was nailed to that cross. He took stripes on his back. He took piercings in his hand. He took a bruising on his face to deliver you. The Son of God was 
made manifest, not to get you to endure life's battles, but to get you to enjoy life and have total victory and dominion over all of life's situation and circumstances. And I tell you, the devil works hard to zap that joy because the Bible says, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if he can get that joy out, then he's depleted you of strength. And if you have no strength, he can rack you around like a, like a hacky sack. But the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when that joy comes on you today, the strength of God gets revitalized in your body. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he will quicken your mortal body. And the weakness he used to feel. The depression has physiological prop, uh, effects. Depression causes a lot more than just a sad heart. It, it has effect on the body. That's why they've actually changed it uh, in recent times. Where if they have terminally ill and uh, cancer patients that are stage four and they have like months to live and all hope is lost. They'll put them in a room and put some stand-up comedy on and have them just listen. Listen in on, on, uh, for, for hours and get them to start laughing because they know if they can get them to start laughing, laughter actually starts and creates a healing process. It, it, it stimulates, it generates healing throughout the whole body. Well, where do you think they got that from? That's, that didn't come from a 1980s research experiment. That came from the Bible. A merry heart doeth good like medicine. And the, if it does good like medicine, the thing is, is medicine is used when you're sick. But this medicine, you don't have to just use it when you're sick. This medicine is like steroids. It makes you supernaturally strong no matter what's going on around you. So I want to tell you, I'm going to go through three things that kill joy in your life. And then I'm going to finish off with three things that generate overwhelming joy in your life. Number one, sin. Three things that kill joy. Three things that will just zap joy. That will give the devil a foothold to rob you of joy. Number one is sin. I'm going to read out of Psalm 32. Psalm 32 and verse 1. Blessed is the man, or happy is the man, whose sin is forgiven, whose transgression is covered. Happy is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there's no deceit. So David is talking about the joy that came on his life when, he, when God forgave him of his sin. And he's also foreshadowing or prophesying of the ultimate joy that would come on us in the New Testament who have no sin imputed to our account. Now get this, verse 3. When I kept quiet, Hey, Liz, Bridget, Esther, God bless you guys, Curtis, Lily, Ariane, Dora, thank you for joining me. If you haven't shared the broadcast and you're just tuning in now, please share it. Let's get the word out and share it as many times as you can. Verse 3, David said this, when I kept quiet about my sin, my bones grew old and through my groaning, groaning, depression causes that inner groan. That anguish of her, that sorrow, that crippling spirit that comes on people. My bones grow old and through my groaning all day long. That's the thing is people, you know, you go up to someone who's depressed and tell them, hey, just stop being depressed. They'll slap you right across the head. You can't just stop. And I'm not speaking from no experience. I'm talking to you from so, uh, as someone who had OCD for 10 years from the age of like 10, 11 to 20, so nine years, nine, 10 years, and battled it. And there was no way 
to break free. They had people tell me, just stop doing that. Why do you do that? Just, just ignore those thoughts. You can't just ignore it. You're under an oppression. There's a spirit at work influencing those thoughts, causing you to feel the way you feel and to do the things that you do. You know, you tell someone who has panic attacks, just calm down. They'll hit you. You can't just calm down. There's nothing they can do. And they'll tell you, it's like something, it just comes on you and it seizes you. And then it just leaves after a while. From no, there's nothing you can do. You can't, they, they give you a little rubber band and try to get you to snap it against your wrist to snap you out of it. That doesn't do anything. That does not help one bit. Just trying to get your mind, but it's not a mental problem. Depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, panic attacks. Those aren't mental problems. There's a demon at work. I'm not saying you're possessed if you have those things. Far from it. But you can be oppressed. You know, there's three levels of demon activity. If you let the devil work, there's three levels that he, three levels of influence that he can have in someone's life. Two of them have to do with anybody, even Christians, and one of them, if you're possessed, you can't be a Christian and possessed at the same time. Howbeit, there's number one, you can be in an environment where demons are at work. You go to a bar, you go to a strip club, you go to a, a club, you go to, you know, you, you, you go to some colleges th these days. You can, you can be in an environment where there's demons at work in others. So that's one level. That's one level of proximity. Then there's two. Number two, there can be an oppression. A satanic oppression where there's not, there's not just demons around you. There's a demon at work over you. A spirit at work over you trying to bring heaviness in your life to weigh you down and uh, get you to curse God and die. And then number three is possession. Which if you're a believer, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. The blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all sin. You've repented of your sin. You're walking in the ways of God. That third level doesn't affect you. Does can never Because light can't dwell with darkness. Jesus Christ cannot share a seat on the throne of your heart with the devil. However, there's a lot of, a lot of Christians that are oppressed. What's the difference between oppression and, and uh, possession? Well, someone can be oppressed and it's it's like it's like this you know if you have termites in your house termites they go eat at your wood uh, on the beams of your home or at your walls or whatever and you call an exterminator does that exterminator come in and start spraying you down no sprays the wall sprays wherever the source of the termites is and they tr they exterminate the problem the things that are causing uh trouble for you in your home but they don't exterminate you. They don't poison you. Well, in the same vein, when, when someone is oppressed by a demon spirit, they might have termites in their home, but they are not a termite. Whereas when you're possessed of a, of a devil, that thing has full possession. You become the termite and that has, that has to be dealt with. So when you're oppressed, you can have things around you, things over you. You know, there's a lot of people who say this, they'll say in the church and I've dealt with them. They say, I, it feels like I have a dark cloud over my head and I try and think straight, but I can't. There's like this clarity. I don't feel there was a lady uh, who came to my service in Peru. We were in Lima, Peru. And after I preached, I ministered to people. When I got about like two feet from her, I lifted my hand. We had like 1,500 people that night, laid hands on every single person in the building. When I laid my hands on her, about two feet, my hand was about to touch her head. She fell under the power of God and started to like convulse, uh, uh, convulse, just like move and shake. And I turned to 
you know, I knew that was a demon trying to keep her and trying to, you know, intimidate me because that's what the devil does. He tries to intimidate people. And if he can successfully intimidate you, then you, and, and just rip you of any faith you had. If you have no faith, you can't cast out a devil. So she starts to do that. And I just pointed her and I know when I'm dealing with something like that, I'm not dealing with a sweet old lady. I'm dealing with a demon at work in her. So I commanded that thing to come out in the name of Jesus. And Sue, and then she like just fell as though dead. She was just on the ground, didn't move for about 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I continued my route, went and continued to pray for other people. When I got back, she came up to me and through my translator told me when I was about 15, 16 years old, or I think she, I don't know if it was 15, 16. She was in her youth. There was a, a witch doctor that put a curse on her in the town that she was in. And she said, ever since then, I couldn't think straight. I couldn't even multiply two times two. I couldn't, I couldn't do simple addition or, or subtraction in school. I couldn't think properly. There was like this darkness over my head. But when you pray for me tonight, it feels like whatever darkness was hovering on me, it's, it just lifted off my life. And I feel like I came in here carrying like two or three people and I'm leaving here tonight as if I hadn't, that's what you call possession. That's when someone, she wasn't saved, she had been invited to church for that campaign that we were doing. But when God's power touched her, the Bible says he went about casting spirits out with his word. And when God's power touched her, the, the, you know, when someone is possessed or oppressed of a devil, there are physical manifestations of that. And they don't know, they go to psychiatrists, they go to psych colleges but they can't help them they can't do them any good because you can't throw a pill at a demon you can't throw counseling at a demon you the bible doesn't say and as you go you will counsel out demons it says you will cast out devils that's why in north america where we have just as much demon activity as in africa and as in peru and and in south america but the difference is is that in America, we've intellectualized uh, the Bible. And so we call people that are stricken with insanity, people that just need, you know, they need a little more love than others. People that have, you know, constant suicidal thoughts. Well, you know, they, they just need counseling. If we'll just give them enough Prozac, you know, we'll, we'll just do some shock treatment. So they're directing, you know, if, if there was... Let's say two nations went to war and one nation had a base stationed in one of their provinces or states. And in that base, there was a, a missile launcher and they kept launching missiles towards your own nation. And it kept destroying homes and tearing down cities and villages. And you kept directing your attacks towards a different state in that nation, in your, in your enemy's nation. And you kept directing your attacks elsewhere away from the base from which the attacks were coming in on your nation and you kept getting frustrated why are things why do we keep getting attacked it seems like we're doing everything we're throwing we have all our armies every single person has been mobilized for war and we've even we've even disarmed that specific state in their opposing nation but you fail to direct your attack against the source of where the attacks coming against you are from. And you just get frustrated and live life beating, beating against a wall, beating a dead horse. That's what psychology does in a lot of cases. They're trying to medicate demons. They're trying to, 
to, to counsel out demons. They're trying to offer therapy when therapy could help a little bit, but it doesn't help. It doesn't, you're trying to put a bandage on a hemorrhage. It takes the blood of Jesus and an anointing that lifts up the heavy burden and breaks every yoke of captivity to come on that individual. There was a man uh, who was preaching a, a youth camp one day and he said the story. After I had preached, there was a lady at the altar who started to manifest and like started to screech and, and just manifest a demon spirit. And uh, he said, I saw, after I had preached, I saw the youth leaders. And this is what happens. You have a, bunch, a generation of preachers that go through Bible college and are not instructed in demonology. They're not instructed on how to deal with devils. They're not instructed about the power and dominion we have in casting out unclean spirits. So what do they do? They only know about prayer. So they, they got around this girl. They joined hands. And they said, Father, we just come to you today and we pray peace over this girl. We pray... We pray supernatural protection over her. We pray that the peace of God, which that those prayers won't do anything. That devil will just look and mock, mock them because that's not the attack you have to use. That's not the, me the weapon that you have uh, to use in dealing with those things. So that guy just stormed in and he said, back off before this one manifests and breaks all your ribs. Because in Acts chapter 19, that's what happened. There were seven sons of Sceva who tried to just pray. They said, we pray in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches they had no relationship with God they were still sinners they were still people separate from the covenant of God and so they tried to exercise this authority that Paul had done because they had seen it done and instead the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them prevailed against them and they left that house naked and wounded but Paul you can see Paul's you know that's one 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 uh, example of how <laughs> things can go bad but on the flip side when you really know who you are in Christ when you know when you understand the authority of the believer of Jesus Christ when you understand that the devil's under your feet and that you've been given a name that is higher than any name that at the mention of that name every knee should bow then like Paul when there was a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination who brought her masters much profit through fortune telling the Bible says that she annoyed Paul and his companions for many days and Paul being annoyed in his spirit turned to the to the woman and said you foul devil I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out of her. The moment he let, he gave that command, when you're anointed, the devil can see it in your eyes. He can see it in your step. There's a fire in your eyes when you're anointed. There's a way you, you operate. There's a way you look. There's a way you stand when you're anointed. There's a confidence that the devil can feel off your off your own spirit when you're anointed. That's why those seven sons of Sceva, they left bruised and naked. But when that slave girl when she was possessed with a spirit of divination and the command came from Paul's mouth it had no choice but to leave and I tell you in the name of Jesus Christ on this broadcast today every spirit of depression every spirit of suicidal thoughts every spirit of suicidal tendencies every devil of anxiety and panic attack it has no choice today the fire is too hot for, hot for you to stay another day on their life in Jesus name the same fire that draws you out destroys you today you you are free in the name of Jesus Christ in Jesus mighty name in Jesus name sin sin will kill joy in your life sin will just sin if you live a life of unrepented sin you are cooperating with the devil in the things you're feeling right now 
The wages of sin is death. He that hastens after other gods, the Bible says, shall have many sorrows. If I regard iniquity, sin in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. The Bible says that sin, I'll read it actually, Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. If you're just joining in right now, I'd appreciate it if you share the broadcast. This is going to help a lot of people. Proverbs chapter 1. This is what sin does. <clears throat> because I've called and you refused. I've stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and you would have none of my rebuke. I will laugh at you when your, when your calamity comes. I will mock you when your terror comes. When your terror, so it tells you what sin brings on someone's life. Calamity, terror. Which that's what depression is. That's what a, a spirit of fear does. It brings terror. And terror cripples and paralyzes people. So that they're not able to do what they want to do. They want to break free. But they're in captivity to a spirit of fear that brings terror on their life. And terrorizes them. Well, what does a terrorist do? A terrorist inflicts damage. Inflicts wounds. A terrorist. You, I mean look at what 9-11 did. Crippled an entire nation. And the world was on like red alert for months and years after 9-11. Look at what COVID did. COVID terrorized people. I, I have a friend who was traveling to Iowa to preach. And uh, in the plane, sitting next to him, a guy was legitimately in a hazmat suit. A hazmat suit. How he cleared the security gate, I have no, under I have no idea. But he was in a hazmat suit. Just totally terrified because of what COVID brought on the earth. And you know, if, if you are not spiritual, this will make no sense to you. But if you're a spiritual person, you'll understand that coronavirus was a demonic spirit that the enemy released on the earth in one of his ploys and plans to suppress the move of God that's already happening on the earth. There's a mighty revival that's taking place on planet earth, whether you're aware of it or not. Iran is experiencing a mighty revival. China is experiencing a mighty revival. Those two nations actually combined are having more converts come to Christ on a daily basis than any other nation on planet earth. Russia's having a, a revival. South America, Brazil is having such a move of God. And so what do you think? The devil didn't like that. So he tried to distract and to derail God's plan by sending this coronavirus. But let me tell you, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. The devil is a master at trying to produce and manufacture things to derail God's plans. But everything he does, everything he produces is hardwired for failure. Because the Bible still stands true. That no weapon formed against the church and against those that belong to the church will ever succeed in prospering. Coronavirus included. Because Jesus already said, I will build my church. I will build. Unless the Lord labors and builds the house, they that labor in vain. If God wasn't building his church, then they that labor, labor in vain. That's why there's people like Nikita Sh uh, Sh Shukrev, the uh, Russian 
communist who said that within by the time I die, I'm going to bury the Bible and I'm going to bury Christianity. Well, that was several gen uh, generations ago. Nikita Khrushchev is dead and the Bible stands still because Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will by no means pass away for the word of the Lord stands forever as God has purposed it. Who can cancel it when God stretches out his hand? Who can annul it? And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall never be able to prevail against it. When God decides to build, no devil can burn it down. That's why Gamaliel gave advice to the people in his day and said, leave the early church alone. Leave these apostles alone. For if this plan is of God, we cannot fight it. We will be overturned. We'll be found fighting against God himself. When God fights for you, when the arm of God goes to work on your behalf, there's no devil that can stop it. When God says it's time to elevate you, there's no devil that can crush you down. When God says it's time to go up, there's no devil. There's no plan. There's no coronavirus. There's no viral outbreak that can change God's plan concerning you. And he already said, if you'll obey and serve me, you will spend your days in prosperity. You will spend your days in pleasure. Coronavirus doesn't change the word of God. Your theology cannot be dictated by tragedy. Your pain should not have anything to do with the promise. You have to put God's word as the supreme authority that what God said I can have, I will have. What God says I can be, I will be. And there's nothing that can change that because God's word is eternally settled. And if it's settled for God, then it's settled for me. I will be like a tree. I'm going to be firmly planted by streams of water. And in every season, in coronavirus seasons, in peaceful seasons, in, tumultu in, 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 in tumultuous seasons, no matter what the season the world is going through, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. I've pulled up a seat at the table of God. I'm feasting off the bread of heaven and I'm going upward, baby. How about you? Hey. Hallelujah. If you're joining right now, just share this broadcast. This is a dangerous broadcast. A very dangerous broadcast. If you want, if you have people that are bound by demons, bound by wicked spirits, bound by depression, this will, this will set them free. Not because I'm some great speaker, not because I'm some great orator. Or, or, no, has nothing to do with that. Has everything to do with the precious anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord, where He is, there is freedom. There's freedom from chains. There's freedom from calamity. There's freedom from depression. There's freedom from sorrow of heart. There's freedom from suicide there's freedom from drug addiction there's freedom from whatever the enemy has planned and plotted for you god has a plan of freedom to break you free from it sin will rob you and kill joy number two poor friendships poor friendships having a bad environment will kill the joy in your heart no matter how hard you try to be happy, if you hang around unhappy people, you will stay unhappy. The Bible says that he, that the companion of a fool shall be destroyed. He that walks with wise men and wisdom, Proverbs 4 says very clearly, or Proverbs 8 says that wisdom, one of the fruits of wisdom is all her ways are ways of peace and her, her paths lead to pleasantness, pleasantries. God's wisdom brings joy. Look at Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man on the earth. And Solomon also wrote the book of Proverbs. 
that says that a good word makes the heart glad. Solomon was supernaturally joyful because of the wisdom at work in him. But when you hang around people that are not wise, not bi biblically sound, I'm not talking about, you know, you obviously have to, if someone's depressed, you have to help them. You're commissioned by God to help them. But I'm saying you don't, you can choose your environment. You could, that's why Jesus, when he, you know, think of it this way. Your environment has a lot to play, a huge part to play in, in uh, the miraculous things that you experience. Jesus wants to heal a blind man, but he's in, where was he in? Not Capernaum. Not uh, Caesarea. Bethsaida. He wants to heal a blind man in Bethsaida, but because he had already brought a woe on Bethsaida, he even said, Cursed are you Bethsaida. Woe unto you Bethsaida, because you, you didn't repent when the miraculous works of God were seen and shown in you. So there was a woe. There was a, that was a cursed environment. There was an environment where God's uh, anointing didn't flow freely. So before Jesus heals that blind man, he takes him by the hand and leads him out of the city. He led him out of the city. And out of the city is where he prayed for him. And that's actually the only time Jesus had to pray twice for that man to be healed. All other times it was instantaneous. This time he had to pray twice. Because even though he was outside, his proximity to the city obviously had an effect on the miracle, miracle power of God working. But when he prayed the second time, outside of the city, his eyes were open and he was seeing people as trees. And then the second time he saw them clearly. But that shows you something. That your environment matters. If you hang around chickens, you'll never walk in your lion destiny. And the Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. You, you can sit and watch TV. Put on the Lifetime TV network, Hallmark Channel, where it's just tragedy. You know, I'm very careful at what movies I watch, what shows I watch. I don't want to hear about, uh, you know, this cancer patient that just trusted God until the end but they still died and I don't want to hear the negative testimonies I want to hear about the positive testimonies I surround myself with joyful preaching I surround myself with joyful content no, no matter where I'm at my music you got to watch out what you listen to as a believer not every Christian song is anointed some Christian songs are literally anointed of the devil if you had any joy they take joy I was in a church once preaching and before I went up the worship leader had zero joy I don't know what he was doing up there because the Bible says in James 5 let him that is Mary let him sing this guy was not Mary that doesn't say let him that, whose name is Mary let him sing let him that is Mary M-E-R-R-Y let him that is happy let that man sing, sing that man's the one who's qualified to sing this guy was not he got up there and told everybody that I was about to preach to I mean when you have a bad worship leader you have to like undo everything that guy just did and then begin your message. When you have a good worship leader, it's a ministry of helps. It helps you to preach, helps the power of God flowing in a meeting. You don't have to do much. You just get up, get right into your message and you can minister to people. But when you have a guy like this who got up and literally told everyone, I want you to think about your past failures, how bad you messed, messed up and how, 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 you know, the worst sin you ever committed. I want you to dwell on that as we sing this next song. And this next song was just a sorrowful, you know, 
guy with a guitar on a stool with yeah he literally had his hoodie on which my goodness take your hoodie off if you're going to lead a worship set and he just kept on going you know how hard life is and stuff and that zapped the anointing out of the room so when i got up i had to spend 20 minutes preaching on joy because the bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy when there's no fullness of joy in in uh, your atmosphere in your environment then his presence can't dwell there and on the flip side the devil's presence is attracted by weeping and gnashing of teeth don't hang around weepers get weepers out of their weeping and minister to them the power of god but if they won't join hands with you if they won't receive your message don't hang around them selectively be intentional on the people that you spend the most of your time with well i've always known him you know he's been a friend since childhood you'll find out as you grow in god you'll hang out a lot you'll have less and less friends you'll have less and less people you can hang out with as you grow in god it's a narrow narrow path and you're gonna have to drop some friends you're gonna have to drop some of you have been watching netflix shows that just they make you feel but they don't make you feel the right thing they make you feel sad but at least you you feel in something well that might be the source of why you can't break free from that sadness and enter into god's joy i'm telling you today there's some people watching me i feel it by the spirit you gotta drop hands with satanic agencies on the earth that are leading you into not green pastures but yellow dried up pastures wilderness pastures god wants to lead you in a land flowing with milk and honey but you have to decide today i'm gonna leave the things that kept me in the wilderness i've dwelt along this mountain long enough i'm moving in to the plan that god has for me you got to be intentional on your environment when saul was experiencing a spirit of fear and a crippling spirit of the lord came on him and the bible says that he he, he, he would feel tormented and panicked. So what did he do? He fetched for David and just David in his presence. Just that heart playing and the anointing playing uh, through David's fingers and voice. The, who wrote the majority of the Psalms. All of a sudden that evil spirit would depart from Saul. And when David left, the spirit would come back on Saul. Let me tell you, just like there's people you should not hang around, there are people that you should make it a point to be to gravitate to. People that are full of joy. People that have joy that bubble up. People that when you hang out with them. I'm not talking about sinful comedy and stuff like that. I'm talking about people that are believers, Bible believers, Holy Ghost preachers. I mean, there's nothing funny about what I'm saying, but I can guarantee you there's some of you that came into this broadcast feeling like you were one step from death, and now all of a sudden that frown was turned upside down because the anointing is a master at taking the garments of heaviness and the bible says in the more uh, he turns your mourning into dancing he turns your heaviness into shouts of joy those who sow in tears bible says that god will doubt undoubtedly bring them a, a, a harvest of joy bible says be followers of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise so there's people you shouldn't follow and there's people you should follow if there's a preacher that every time you listen to, you feel like crap, drop hand, don't listen to that person anymore. I'm not saying you should, you know, visit sermon. you should visit sermons that talk about, you know, certain topics in the Bible. Like, you know, but if all you do is listen to sermons on hell and how, how people like sinners are going to hell and you need to repent, then you, you need to have a well, a good balance of the word of God. Can't you, if all you do is listen to preaching on repentance and preaching on, on, on hell and preaching on, 
Now you should repent daily, of course. But if all you do is fill yourself up on that, and you don't fill yourself up on, on, on preaching that talks about now that you've repented, that now you're seated in Christ in heavenly places, and that you're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, prepared for good works, and you don't listen to preaching on how if you'll follow God's wisdom, His path is like the shining of the sun, it shines brighter and brighter, then you're going to live a very sorrowful life. You got to have a, I listen to pre preaching like that, of course. It sobers you up. It gets your mind in a right frame of, frame of mind, a right state of mind. However, I also listen. That's why people hate Joel Osteen, because he's an encouraging minister. But you can, and that's the thing, if you listen to too much Joel Osteen and too much encouragement, too, and you never listen to repentance and, 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 and uh, preaching that talks about the narrow path, then you can go... And on the other side of the ditch, you have to have a well-balanced approach to the Word of God. And if it's like you listen to me, I talk about both. That way, you know, yes, you repent. Yes, you have to turn. Yes, you, you were dead in your sins and trespasses. But when you come to Christ, here's what God has for you. Here's what God, here's what the path of God will bring for you. And there's a well-balanced approach to those things. So you can have a well-balanced diet and grow up into all things like Ephesians says growing up into all things in the Lord and number three so three things that kill joy number three prayerlessness prayerlessness will dry you up in your joy reservoir if you don't pray you will never have triumph in any environment in any uh, in any of your problems that you're facing Prayer is a daily necessity for daily triumph. The Bible says very clearly, when Jesus went up on the mountain and he prayed, his face was transfigured before the people, before Peter, James, and John. He was changed into another, into another man. Do you know what that tells you? Prayer carries a transformative power that transforms sorrow into joy. That's why I can... Smith Wigglesworth said um, in one of his biographies, autobiographies, he said that the first thing he did in the morning when he woke up was to get up and pray in the Holy Ghost for about 15, 20 minutes. And as he did that, he said, I felt a note of joy come up in my spirit. And I knew that if I did that every day, I would never backslide and I'd never live in defeat. Well, that's pretty good advice from someone who raised 20 plus people from the dead. First thing in the morning you should do, get up the first thing you do when your feet touch the ground is pray in the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 5.18 Beloved, do not be drunk with wine in which is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking to one another in psalms and making songs and melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, you can't make genuine melody in your heart to the Lord when you're depressed. That's why it says you have to first pray in the Holy Ghost. And as you do, that anointing fills your cup to run over. And then melody, a song will, sing, will just spring forth out of your heart. And you'll start to sing. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adores him. And it's all of a sudden, the problems and the anxiety you woke up with fades away. And a new dimension of joy, glorious joy and gladness begins to fill your heart. Prayerlessness. Prayerlessness. Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. It's funny how they're coupled together. That your rejoicing always is contingent upon your prayer without ceasing. So if you cease in your prayers, you'll cease in your joy. That's what, hallelujah. 
That's the secret of Paul. Paul, even in prison, even in prison, Paul and Silas scheduled for execution. The one who wrote Philippians 4, 4, rejoice always. And again, I say to you, rejoice. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. That doesn't get to decide on how I joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk 3, 17, though the fig tree does not blossom, though there be no vine in the yard, though there be no um, cattle in the, in the barns, yet will I joy in the Lord. Yet will I rejoice in the God of my salvation. And when you do that, he makes your feet like hind feet and the bible says he will strengthen you and make you to ride on the high places of the earth paul and silas were in a prison and they decided yo silas we can just we can just get sad now we can complain about how things should have gone but they didn't we can complain about how you know serving god has just led us into this place or we can do something that i believe will please god and lift up hands without wrath or doubting and say no i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be on my mouth and what did God do when that happened God didn't send an angel God came himself and when his feet hit the ground in that prison area everyone's chains were broken everyone's prison doors came open and they were supernaturally set free by the presence of God I tell you today a joy is coming on your life today that instead of wallowing and complaining a note of victory is gonna rise up from within and you'll lift up hands and and, and without wrath and start to pray Praise the Lord, the God of heaven, the God who can do all things for you. The God who said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll come alongside you and your enemy that you're seeing today. You will see no longer because the God of heaven will fight your battles. Hallelujah. Prayerlessness will kill your joy. But I want to tell you on the flip side, three things that will maintain overwhelming joy in life. Number one. Three facts that will generate joy no matter what you're going through. Number one, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing, I want you to write that out in the comment section. Nothing is impossible with God. There is nothing that you're facing that God is worried about, that God is scratching his head wondering how he's going to break you out of that. Nothing that he has to cause. A last minute emergency meeting in heaven where he gathers the angels and starts to tell them, hey, I don't know what we're going to do. Man, we need to really drop a new blueprint because we've never seen this before no there's no temptation that has come on you such as is common to man and God is faithful who will not only provide a way of escape but he will break you free from it today there's nothing impossible John 11 the Bible says Lazarus was dead he wasn't dying God actually Jesus made it a point to wait extra so that he would die and after he had died they, when he came to the tomb of Lazarus Lazarus's sisters Mary and Martha came and said weeping weeping why why didn't you come here earlier uh, you could have been here and my brother would have lived Jesus turned to them and said don't you understand that I am the resurrection and the life and he that dieth yet in me shall he live and he told them stop weeping before you can enter into the realm of the impossible you got to do what Jesus said take his orders stop weeping stop sorrow sorrowing stop complaining stop weeping stop crying about your crying tears they are 
are the devil's trophy, but they do nothing in God's courts. But when you start to believe God's report, that God is the, the Bible says, the God of all flesh, and there's nothing too hard for him. That the Bible says, thou, O Lord, hath made the heavens and the earth, and there's nothing too difficult for him. That's why I love that old song. There's nothing, no, nothing. Yes, absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Those words ring true in my spirit even now. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Doesn't matter how high the mountain is. Doesn't matter if death itself is knocking at your door. I know the resurrection in the life. I know the prince and power of life. I know him who said, I am life. And he that cometh to me, he shall live and not die and tell of the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. I rebuke death in your body. I curse every report that doctors have given you that you're not going to make it past six months. You will live. You will not die. You will be stand str standing strong at the end of it. You'll have, the Bible says, and having done all, you'll stand. You'll be standing at the end of it. The devil will scratch his head wondering. I threw everything at him. I did everything I could. I used up all my resources to try and wipe him out, but nothing worked because when God is for you the devil's resources are limited but God's resources are unlimited and I see that God coming alongside you today and as such you will never be shaken God is like a dreaded champion he stands by you today and nothing things might be impossible for men things might be impossible for for experts and analysts on this earth today but nothing is impossible with God that's why Mary had such favor in God's eyes because when the angel came and said hey lady I know you've never had sex before you've never been intimate with a man but I'm telling you God will give you a child without even having intimacy with a man God himself will overshadow you and the power of the most high will will, will allow you to conceive and that which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of the most high Mary didn't say well oh, I don't know I don't know if I can really believe that he, she just asked how can that be hey the power of God will come on you well then let it be unto me exactly as you've said that was the secret to Mary's success that's what you that's the way you got to approach the word of God let it be unto me exactly as I as you have said it doesn't matter what others have said all that matters is what God has said and God has not closed your case there's no closed case with God the devil will have <laughs> there's no closed case with God the devil has tried his best but his best is not enough when God arises all his enemies are scattered nothing is irreversible nothing is irreversible nothing is irreversible and number two so number one nothing is impossible with God number two God's presence restores joy God's presence restores joy in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand pleasure forevermore Isaiah 61 the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to give them the oil of joy for mourning Psalm 84 let me read this this is a powerful scripture and we're going to pray after this I have one more point and then we're going to pray if you're just tuning in now please share the broadcast Proverbs, uh, Psalm 84, verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, and if you translate Baca, it means the valley of weeping. So some of you are passing through the valley of weeping right now, stressed out of your minds, but look at what the Bible says you're anointed to do. As they pass through, not camp in the valley of Baca, but pass through the valley 
of weeping. They, not God, they, by the anointing of God working in them, will make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They will go from strength to strength as they appear before God in Zion. So it says, as you go through things that should cause you to weep, instead of it making you weep, you'll actually have an anointing on the inside of you, not only to have joy yourself, but to generate joy and make it a spring and the rain covering it with pools of water. Pools, all water represents the blessing. That the joy on the inside of you actually has the power to influence the environment around you to turn it from cursing to blessing. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, verse 10, David said this, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is my son and my shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Hallelujah. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The Bible says God's presence itself, in his presence is fullness of joy. In another psalm it says that he satisfies us with the rivers of his pleasure. When God comes, he has an entourage. And part of that entourage is joy. God himself brings joy in any atmosphere that he enters into. How do you cultivate an atmosphere conducive for God's presence to flow? Very simple. Pray, read the word, and get connected to the house of God. Get connected. Those who plant their feet in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of God. David was faced with an insurmountable challenge and odds against him. They had ransacked the people of, of, his, of his kingdom. The Philistines had taken their women and children captives in 1 Samuel 30. But what did David do? They thought of stoning him. They picked up stones to stone him. And David said, before you do that, let me just try one thing. And he went into the presence of God. And the Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord. He got the presence of God to come on the scene. And what happened? That made him, that gave him access to the ear and voice of God, which then gave him a plan. You know, you'll stay lost if you don't know how to access God's presence. And you enter into his gates with what? Joy and pleasures in your heart. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his, into his courts with praise. And not some superficial Praise or thanksgiving, a genuine praise, a genuine thanksgiving that stems forth from an overwhelming joy and gratitude in your heart. And then that's when the answers start flowing. That's when the voice of God seems to be the clearest. And what happened? David had the blueprints as to how to restore everything that the enemy had taken from him. And by the end of that chapter, they had everything back. And not only that, they had plundered the enemy's camp. I see you plundering the enemy's camp. That this joy will have a restorative effect. That the, no matter what the locusts have eaten away, no matter what the swarming locusts have chewed away at your harvest, from today, not only do you have back what the enemy stole from you, but he's paying it back with interest to your account. In Jesus' name. Number three fact that generates overwhelming joy is that life might have started off rough. But life doesn't have to finish the same way it started. Things are going to change. 
The greatest lie the enemy will tell you is that this is how things will be for the rest of your life. You'll never have, you'll never have freedom from panic attacks. You'll always have palpitations in your heart. You'll always be uh, limited to a certain number of people in a room because after 15 people, it's like your heart just jumps through your chest. The devil will, does his best to make it seem like what you're going through will last forever. But I'm here to tell you, the devil doesn't have the, the ability to make anything last forever. The Bible says, after you've suffered a little while, the God of peace is able to establish, strengthen, and perfect you in Jesus Christ. The Bible says uh, that this, this temporal thing, this temporal thing you've been going through is producing for you an eternal weight of glory that God has prepared for you. Let me read something from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. But I, as it is written... Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 126, when the Lord brought the, the captives back from Zion, they were like those who dream, and their mouths were filled with laughter, and their, their hearts would and their tongues with joyful singing. And then the nations amongst them, or around them, began to say amongst themselves, See what great things God has done for you. That is what I call heavenly blessing when God does something for you where he overturns the plans of the devil and brings you into something that you have to pinch yourself to see am I still dreaming or is this reality and people around you who used to pity you sympathize with you you are the object of conversation. You are the guy that when people said, man, things are bad, but at least it's not as bad as X, Y, and Z. You are that person that they'd fit your name in there. They have to scratch their head with their mouths agape and open and look in your way and say, I didn't believe in God. I didn't know anything. I, they invited me to church, but I always laughed at them because, you know, I'm not going to go to a church. Look at what his testimony looks like. Look at what his reality is like. Man, I, it seems like life without God has been better. And those same people will have to look at your life and say, see what great things God has done for you. That instead of people, when you invite them to church, they say, ah, you know what, I think I have something planned that day. I didn't even tell you what day it is. Ah, well, whatever day it is, I think I have something planned. Those same people saying, coming back to you and saying, man, could you tell me when church is? Because if God did that for you, here's what I'm going through. You know, a lot of people around you, they can hide their depression with a joy, but with a smile. But the Bible says even in laughter, the heart can still carry sorrow. But the difference between just happiness and laughter, temporal happiness and God's joy is that the blessing of the Lord maketh you rich in joy and he adds no sorrow with it. And I see that joy coming on you right now. Life doesn't have to end the same, same way it, fin it started. 
Life might have began difficult. You might have been dealt a bad, a bad, you know, bad set of cards. But I'm here to tell you right now. God said, I can turn your mourning into dancing. That weeping has endured for a night. But if you'll join my camp today, joy will come in the morning. I'll tell you my testimony and then we'll pray. I had OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety attacks all the time, prone to panic. Doctors had given up on me. They just, you know, they, they, they can't do anything else other than to prescribe you something, send you to counseling, give you a rubber band on your wrist to clip whenever you feel panicky. But they can't solve it. They can't produce and generate a solution to the problems of, the, of, uh, of what that spirit of fear does to you. So I remember living like that till I was about 20 years old. In 2012, I gave my life to Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus can heal sickness. I didn't know Jesus can deliver from, from oppression and bondage. All I knew is that if I, went, if I died, I'd go to heaven right now. And the devil wants to keep, if he, if he can't keep you from getting saved, he'll try and at least keep you from not taking part in the benefits of what being saved means and what being saved brings your, your way. So then, I remember listening to a broadcast where the preacher began to tell me that there's a way out. You don't have to stay sick. Jesus died to break all oppressions of the devil. That he bore your sickness, carried your pains. By his stripes, we are healed. You don't have to live on just, you were translated out of Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom. And in God's kingdom, he wipes away every tear and makes everything new. When I saw that, I saw Jesus tied to a wooden pole, taking lashes on his back. And he turned to me and he said, I did this so you could be whole. And remember, God does not show any favorites in every nation. The man who comes to him and fears God and believes God is welcome to him and welcome to feasting off his blessings. And immediately, it was like electricity from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And whatever hell had brought on my life through sin and the consequence and penalty of sin, in one moment's time, the electricity of heaven, the lightning bolt of God zapped all those things off me. And I stand here eight years later, supernaturally restored. No more depression, no more anxiety, no more sickness in my body, no more sickness in my mind. The Bible says... In, in Matthew 4.25, they brought unto him all that were tormented with unclean spirits. And he healed them all. Healed them all. God's not trying to take you through something to teach you a lesson. He's not trying to beat you down so he can build you up. God's not taking you through the path of depression so he can teach you what real joy feels like. No, the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The, look, God didn't bring the calamity on Job in Job's day. It was the devil that went forth from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with the tragedy that he experienced. But I want you to know, his story might have started out bad, but because he refused to curse God and die. Come on, I feel this words for someone today. Because he refused to curse God and die. The devil doesn't want to just rip you and strip you of that joy and laughter. His final objective in your life is to get you to curse God and die. And if you'll just eliminate 
The people like Job's wife, just curse God and die. Just give up. Just throw in the towel. Quit. Haven't you seen this following God hasn't brought you anywhere? Just abandon it. Stop doing what you're doing. Here, I have a better way. If you'll ignore those voices and say like Job, that I know that I shall come forth as gold. For I know my Redeemer lives. And he'll one day put his hand on man. And he'll put his hand on God. And he'll make peace between us both. That's what Jesus did. Our Redeemer. Our kinsman Redeemer. He has put his hand on mankind. He put his hand, one hand on God. And brought peace, having made peace with us and God through the shed blood of his cross. We who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Job at the end of his life had double children, double blessing, double his cattle. Everybody loves to focus on the, the bad things of Job. But consider, the Bible says, consider the perseverance of Job. How he stayed, no, I'm not going to get down. I'm not going to get cast. I, why so downcast, oh my soul? Hope in God. You will reap your benefit. You will reap his blessings. You will reap the help of his countenance. Hope in God. He won't give up on you. He won't throw in the towel on your case. He won't forsake you. God forsook Christ at the cross so he can turn to you, never to forsake you another day in your life. And consider the perseverance and what the outcome, outcome was for Job. God restored the captivity of Job and had four, at the beginning he had 7,000 cattle, then he had 14,000 cattle after everything was said and done. God will restore. You all, I, there's people watching me, man, life will never be the same. You've always said that. You've said that, especially since COVID. How can life ever be the same? I'm telling you here today, by the word of the Lord, not because of me, but by the word of God, which never goes out and returns void. Life will never be the same for you because it'll be all the better. God will add to you. God is a master at making people flourish in times of famine. God is a master at providing in times where provision seems low. God is a master at making you supernaturally sound and healthy even when there's viral outbreaks breaks and viruses and diseases and ill-born diseases spreading like wildfire throughout the world. The Bible says if you'll make the Lord your shelter and the Most High God your shadow, all these things will pass by you but they will never be able to locate you because you're hidden with Christ in God. You will flourish in the famine. Like that widow of Zarephath. When she sowed her little cake into the hands of Elijah. Elijah gave the word. That the bin of flour will never be used up. The jar of oil will never run dry. And she and he and her household ate for many days. While everyone else was trying to get whatever scraps they had to feast on that day. They had, they had filet mignon. They had, I mean look at Elijah. In, a, in the famine, in the drought, while he dwelt by the brook of Sherith, he had ravens bring him bread and meat in the morning. While everyone else was just struggling to survive, he was enjoying filet mignon, lobster, bread, day and night. God's not called you just to get through life, to strive through life. God has called you to dominate in life so that people can see that you're a people called by God and fear God because of it. 
as they pass through the valley of weeping, God will make it a valley of blessing. God will make it a valley of blessing. He took me out. He turned me around. He sets my feet on solid ground. He's my light and my salvation. He's the strength of my life. He is my glory. He's my crown. Many may be your adversaries all around, but your adversaries and your enemies, they will stumble and they will fall. And all they'll be able to do is gnash at you with their teeth as they see God's unending flow of blessing coming your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Romans 8, 28, God is able to make, God is able. To make all things good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All things good. When Israel was without a teaching priest, when they had forsaken God, 2 Chronicles 15 says, If you are far from me, I will be far from you, God said. But if you'll approach me, David said, It is good for me to draw near unto God. Because when you draw near to God, the Bible says God gives you rest roundabout, Supernatural rest. I'm going to read one scripture and then we're going to pray. And I tell you, share this broadcast if you're just tuning in because... This broadcast carries an anointing for joy and an anointing to break the captive free from harassment in the mind. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Listen to this. Jesus' words, not mine. Jesus' words. I heard this preacher once say that if you'll just come to God, he'll make all things you know, restful and easy. I didn't say anything. Jesus' words. Don't ever say TJ said, because I've actually said nothing of my own uh, opinion this whole broadcast. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Listen to this. Come to me. So that means you have, to, you have to come. You have to make a decision today. I'm not going to stay far from God. Why would you want to stay clear from the only one who's able to lift you up out of the ditch? Why would you want... <laughs> The Bible says the way of the Lord is strength for those that are upright, to those that are connected to Him. If you abide in me, I will abide in you, and my fruit will begin to flow through you. The branch takes on the DNA of a tree, but you have to have that branch. You are the branch. God is the vine. You have to branch yourself into the vine to have His DNA flow through you so that the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control can effortlessly flow through you. Those are not things you have to try and strive to obtain. Those are things that when you're connected to God in prayer, the Word, and fasting, those things begin to naturally flow from you. Come unto me. All who labor and heavy laden. You know, and that tells you God doesn't want you to work your way out of it. God does not, you know, if you're just strong enough, just stay strong. It's not, has, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Just stay strong, you know. If you'll just work hard enough. Unless the Lord labors on the house, they that labor, labor in vain. It's useless to work. 
Bible says it's useless for men to rise up early in the morning to work hard and to go to bed late at night because they've been working all day for he doth give his beloved sleep. Can't work your way out of it. You can't, that's the whole purpose of the gospel. Believe on me for all things are possible to him that believes. Labor who are heavy laden, weighed down by the things of life. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. God said in Isaiah 48, 17. I am the Lord your God. Who teaches you to profit. And I'll lead you in the paths that you should go. Your peace will be like a river and your righteousness will be like the waves of the sea. Today as you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Come to Jesus today. Settle it in your heart. I will serve the Lord. I'm moving forward with God from today. No more backward steps. I'm joining hands with the Prince of Peace. I'm coming on, the, on God's side. The side of overcomers. I'm going to get born again today. That sounds like you. You've never given your life to Jesus. You know the Bible says very clearly. That Jesus is the prince of peace. But he's only the prince of those who belong in his kingdom. You have to get saved. Before you can taste of that peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto thee, not as the world gives. But you have to make a decision that I'm going to receive that peace by receiving Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When they announced the, the, uh, the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, the Bible says that the, the uh, angels said that he would be coming to guide people into the path of peace. There's a path of peace. And it's not every path that leads to that peace. Only the path. Jesus said, I'm the true gate. Whoever enters in by me, that man will find rest for his soul. There's rest for you. Just like I obtained it. Never been the same since. It's not like I'm still on antidepressants. God, I'm not saying you go out and quit your medication or whatnot. I'm not, it won't even be you by faith having to quit your medication. It'll be just the power of God hitting you right now that the next time you go to your doctor and tell him how you feel, he'll just be like, you don't have to take any more medication. The doctor himself will testify that you don't need to take it anymore. Not you by faith going out and, and stopping and dropping your medication. Just, it'll be evident even to science that something occurred on the inside. We don't know how to explain it, but we can't ignore it. But you have to come to Jesus. So if you're watching right now and you've never done that, or maybe once upon a time you have, but you're lukewarm. You're, you're, you're not living right with God. You need to get right with God today and get rid of sin before sin gets rid of you. So pray this with me from the bottom of your heart. Say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you today. I believe in my heart. God raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth 
that Jesus is Lord. I turn from my sin. I repent of it. And I receive your forgiveness and your righteousness. Wash me clean. Fill me with your spirit. And where I was weak, make me strong. In Jesus' name, God is my father. Jesus is my elder brother. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to go on our website, salvationnow.ca. The first link that pops up at the bottom is, I just got saved. Click it, fill it out, get the information to me. I want to send you something free of charge. I want to get some resources to you, a Bible to help you out in this new journey. I want to make sure that you make it and that um, in eternity's day, you're found standing with me as we both here together. Well done, good and faithful servant. For everyone that's kept on watching and you're still on and you're believing God for breakthrough in the area of the mind, I'm going to pray right now. You have depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, panic attacks, schizophrenia, paranoia, whatever. Mental health disorders, illnesses, ADHD. It's a huge one. ADHD. Man, it seems like everybody's got ADD these days. God can, God can restore your mind. And we're going to believe God that any demon that's been causing that OCD. I wasn't possessed when I had OCD, but there was an oppression. The Bible calls it a spirit of bondage that leads to fear. But the Bible also says in Hebrews 2.14 that Jesus became flesh so that he can deliver us from him who had the power of death and deliver us who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. The greatest fear that man has is the fear of death. And Jesus came to deliver us from the spirit of fear to give us a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. So right now, wherever you're at, I want you to lift your hands. Close your eyes. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. <laughs> Keep your eyes. Watch and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that you have given us authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. That you didn't say, go and preach this gospel and then whatever they make of it, that'll, uh, that's whatever it'll be to them. No, you said, and as you go, preach. Set the captive free. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. For he that believeth on me, in my name they shall cast out devils. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. I thank you, Father, that the anointing for total liberation is at work today, even through this camera lens. I thank you that it's the power of the Lord is present to set men free and women free from all oppression of the devil. I thank you that just as you roam the seas of Galilee, even now your spirit is roaming wherever they find themselves this day. And the same anointing, the same anointing that destroyed the work of the devil in the days of Jesus, I thank you that every work of hell, every lying devil, speaking suicidal thoughts into their ears. Every whispering force 
telling them to stay hopeless, getting them to feel hopeless. In Jesus' mighty name, I break you free today by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are free. And instead of depression, the oil of joy begins to overflow in your life from now onwards. So that not only are you free, but others will taste and see that the Lord is good from your life. And His mercy endures forever. In Jesus' mighty name, receive total rest in mind, in spirit, and in body. In the name of Jesus Christ. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji. Or visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca. God bless you, and until next time.